Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette, featuring sysadmin expert Don Pizzette, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter. Hello and welcome to TechNado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam. And as you can see, if you're watching the video version on uh, YouTube or otherwise, we are once again in a new set. We move more than... New-ish. Who moves? Right. Well, it's the old set. Again, yeah, <laughs> yes. So we uh, we moved out of uh, of this office, which is Don's office, and we moved back into a studio. Then we moved to another studio back there, uh, and then we have moved back now to Don's office. Uh, which, if if yeah, you can see, we've got uh, all of the the toys again behind us, all the old uh, you know IBM OS two boxes and things yeah. that uh, that are real. Uh, Don, really Don's actual Bob. Microsoft yeah. Bob back there. Vigo the Carpathian uh, is is behind me. Uh, we keep moving cameras, and I can't follow them quick enough. We're gonna get used to but it. But there's Don't stuff. Worry. There's stuff all over. It's the kind place. of fun to watch us flounder though until we yeah, until yeah. we're used to it. Yeah, there's new cameras that came yeah. with this as well. But I am joined as always by Don Pizzette. Don, how are you? I am glad to be a part of the circle of life. Yes. Right as we've moved around all the way back to where we started. I think Elton John wrote a song about he this. Did. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. specifically about Technado. Um, I think this is the point where I'm supposed to like the candle in the let you fall off it? a cliff and get run over by. Uh, Gazelles That's or something. Right. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. That's correct. Because yeah. he died. That happens you later. Are, in the podcast. You are Scar. I've always said <laughs> you're the you Scar, Scar of the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we have Daniel Lowry as well. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me back on the show, even though I never asked to be here. Yeah, you like hey, your seat. There's a camera. You're in your seat. You've got uh, Cthulhu, like cuddly I Cthulhu do. behind you. I baby, do. baby Cthulhu. He is sweet. Isn't yeah, he? before you he do enjoy him. It's you know becomes. It's, he it's, he's mean, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not nice. Yeah, well, that one, he looks he looks super. But nice. right there, it looks like go cut a muffin on him, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we have a lot of news to get to. Doesn't matter what studio we're in, Does not. we're going to cover it. And uh, or else, our <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our first article comes to us today from Tom's Hardware. Windows 11's 22H2 update. Here are the new features, uh, and it looks like the Start menu and security are a couple of highlights. But but Don, what stuck out to you? Well, uh, what stuck out to me is that Microsoft has really not been following their release schedule as they advertised it. You know, they, they said they were going to switch to these annual updates, which is what this one is, but they've also been releasing just a ton of crap each month for the last several months. So it, it's kind of hard to to envision anymore what all is part of this update, but there's a lot in there. Uh, there were two features that stood out to me that actually make a difference. There's tons of features that, in my opinion, don't make a difference. Uh, if you were hoping beyond hope that Microsoft was going to bring back the vertical taskbar, they did not, and have indicated that they've not put much effort into that happening. So still no vertical taskbar. I know that's a big item uh, there, for a lot of people. Are, are there like third-party? Yeah, let's do it. That's like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> that's right. Uh, are there uh, are there third-party things you can use? Because I know there used to be some things like yeah. when Windows 8 first came out. That... So th th there were, um, but even like the Start 11 or some of the other products out there, they don't give you a vertical taskbar because they're building on top of the framework that's already oh, okay. in there. Uh, you can go really crazy, get something like Cairo Desktop, and and it lets you you know move stuff it's all like over the crazy, place. Crazy, huh? But you know you sacrifice a little bit of stability, and you could and rotate your monitor. 
That was cool. I'm not you gonna lie. Can you'd yeah. have to turn your head then because the words wouldn't rotate. Oh, like, I thought you meant like um, there was there was a time that I think Windows you get this third party install like desktop almost uh, Windows Manager, hmm. and it would actually you rotate like a cube. Oh, you remember that? Yep, I do yeah, remember that. that and super cool. What though. was that called? Because it's still supported on Linux. Right, like you can still fire it up. Right. Um, so rotate horizontally as opposed to like I was because I was yeah, like, you're thinking this way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it looked hmm. like a literal cube. That's so each each side of the cube was a virtual desktop. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was super cool. cool. I can't remember the name, but I I know I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, look it up, everybody. Google is your friend. It's well, like, it's like a bay window. You know, if only we had something window. in front of us that would allow us to like, look yeah. things up. You research that <laughs> while Don tells us the other features. All right. Yeah. So one feature that I think would actually be useful is in the file explorer. You now have tabs. So I, I don't know if you guys do like me, but I usually have like my downloads folder and my OneDrive yeah. and a few other things open so now you can have tabs so it's like mac um no in the in the finder you don't have tabs do you uh, i got no tabs right there hey look at that in finder you got tabs <laughs> finder got tabs uh so so yeah just like finder it's a, a cloned copy i was gonna say that but i was holding back i didn't want to steal peter's thunder uh, <laughs> that's it but the the feature that i think is is probably the neatest i mean there's some other things like they they allow you to adjust how many pins show up on your start menu now which i guess is nice if you use those uh do not disturb actually works now which it hasn't really worked since windows 11 came out uh there's been some gaming updates but the big one for me is on the accessibility front now there's a ton of accessibility features built into Windows 11, but the one that they're introducing here with this newest update is called system-wide live captions. So, like, you ever watch a, you know, you're watching a movie, and you turn on captioning, and mm -hmm. so you can see, because, you know, the, whoever does sound mixing in Hollywood these days works for Satan. So, you know, they, right. you can hear the explosions just fine, but you can't hear the words, so you turn on captioning. Or or maybe you're hearing impaired, you turn on captioning. There's uh, tons of people use closed captioning. It's on the movie, but then you open up a web browser and it's in front of the movie. Can't see the captions anymore, right? So they're, they're gone. So what Microsoft has done is they've introduced a system-wide framework where the captions are actually being rendered by the operating system. And so they stay on top regardless of whether your window is in front or not. So you could have a movie in the background where you can't even see the movie player and the captions will actually display on screen. That makes sense because they, they've kind of been touting those captions for like Teams meetings and stuff. So they've already got the technology. They could just use it to hear what's coming out of your computer. Well, because it's a framework, they don't actually have to do, like, it's not having to use AI to figure out what's being said. If the movie or whatever is already displaying captions and the software oh, has been updated, okay. it just pushes it to the Windows API. Now, they did make a weird choice that I had to research to figure out what was going on. It defaults to displaying the captions at the top of the screen. And I thought, well, that's weird because that strange. where is it normally? Oh, at the bottom of the yeah. screen. Always. That's because that's I'm where used the, to reading all my foreign films. The faces are up, <laughs> up top, typically. So I thought that was odd. And it turns out the reason they made that choice was that on most computers, your webcam is at the top. And so what they want you to be able to do is be uh, looking at the camera uh, and still be able to see the captions. So there was a method to their madness. They weren't just like randomly going, oh, we're going to buck yep. tradition. They're like, we know you're watching Netflix <laughs> yeah. during that meeting. That's right. Now it looks like you're paying attention. Yep. But there's a, a simple switch you can flip, moves it to the bottom of the screen, but it does default to the just top. Just the default. Gotcha. Really cool feature. It'll probably take a few years before applications update to take advantage of that. Gotcha. So I, I did look up, I'm, I believe I found the right one, comp is... Compass Fusion. Yes. That's it. Yes. Yep. So yep. I would thought it was barrel or luminosity, but yes, Compass is um it was was what I was looking for. 
Yep, C O M P I Z, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looking at, oh, wow, we're and, looking at Daniel's computer with this new well, camera. Oh, That's my. <laughs> that feels invasive. There it is. Here's Daniel's inbox. That's highly it's invasive. Extremely like. I'm at 100 percent brightness here. I guess Daniel's yeah. like, I did not know we there were doing go. that. Kind you of the is. privacy screen. Yeah, so, I'll have to get one. Yep. So they, they've been around forever, and I forget what distro I was using the other day where I saw it as an option. It was like one of the Ubuntu variants yeah, I, or something. I'm seeing on on this Wikipedia page that they a lot with Novell, uh, Red Hat. So pretty pretty uh, still popular, I guess, in the uh, Linuxy worlds. Yeah, as the they Linux-y were. But world. man, when I saw that come out for Windows, I thought, wow, this is really cool thing. one of the things that I would have liked to seen in my Windows distros. So. Hey, Question on uh, going back to like tabs within either uh, you know File Explorer or uh, can you, is there any way you can alt tab through those through the tabs in the yeah. File Explorer? Like uh, I'm I'm not sure yet because I haven't the update hasn't applied to my machine. That but usually so nice. like Control Tab will do that. Or sometimes they get a little crazy. It's like Control Shift Tab or yeah. Control Alt Tab. You have to get all crazy. But you usually just control, control, oh, control of your browser. Tab. Yes. Okay. That oh, just changed Mac, my life. So no, but that just changed my life. Uh, well, oh, okay. it, um, yeah, on Chrome that worked. Cool. I didn't know that because yep. I'll hit that all the time, like trying to go between tabs. I'm like, no, that's yep. not. What a- sucks is yeah, when you have multiple key combinations for doing similar things. Yeah. But on different areas, and you're like, oh, wrong one, moron. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, there is a feature. We're, we're, you mentioned Chrome mm-hmm. um, in Edge. We're totally off on our <laughs> yeah, topic fine. here. but And everybody's loving it. They introduced vertical tabs. Have, have you guys seen this? Vertical tabs. Where, so normally your tabs yeah, yeah, are horizontal the across side. the top. Moves to the left side. And if yeah. you've got a lot of tabs open, that's way better. Yeah. And I would use that, except... They made it where it doesn't free up any space at the top of your screen. Right. It, like, what, why move them off? It takes up a gonna... chunk of yeah. your, your screen real estate. So, so Microsoft is is moving your start menu. They're moving your tabs. Yeah, What's be moving next? you next? What? Maybe they'll move the keyboard so on your next laptop, the screen will be on the bottom <laughs> and the keyboard will be on they the top. Put, they put the QWERTY side on the <laughs> yeah. other side, and you got to like type. The, the webcam's right on the <laughs> right on the bottom here, just straight up your nose. Like, well, and don't worry, we'll put the captions at the bottom of the screen now. <laughs> yeah, it's You're fine. good. You're weirdos. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a look at our next article, which comes to LSD us. LSD at Microsoft. <laughs> from TheVerge.com, Frameworks' new Chromebook is upgradable and customizable. And I know, Don, that you had a framework before. Is this the framework? Oh, this is no, not. This is not. a Mac. Yep. Oh, I just noticed this key is weird looking. That's uh, the Touch ID. Oh, it's different than what it used to be. Okay. Thingamajigger. Is this, an, is this an M1? This is an M1. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, look at you. Uh, <laughs> so the framework that I've seen before was was not a Chromebook, right? That You had a, a Windows machine. So yep. is this their first foray into the Chromebook world as It well? is, yeah. So, you know, the framework has been making laptops with completely replaceable, like field replaceable parts, uh, which is awesome for super high re- re- uh, repairability. You can upgrade them. So maybe you bought the i5 model, you can buy the i7 board and drop it in and upgrade it. So really, really cool. Uh, I did have a framework laptop for a little while. I enjoyed it. The, the reason I got rid of it, just to, to be clear, because I did get rid of it, uh, is they made a weird choice for their screen resolution. It's a three by two resolution. Mm. And because in my day job, I create video content in a 16 by nine resolution, it was annoying that I would build something like a lab on my laptop and then go and record on camera. And it was in the wrong Yeah, because you uh, need to mirror ratio. your screen. So it would either yes. make your... Thing sixteen by nine. Then I'd have black bars yeah, on the top and bottom. Fine. So, yeah. uh, so anyhow, that's a choice they made. And you could argue that if you're just if you're a normal person using a laptop, three by two actually gives you a little more real estate. I would agree with that. It, it's a good resolution. Uh, just didn't fit my use case. Well, 
Framework has released a new laptop, which is a Chromebook, and that's a big difference for them. That means it runs Google's Chrome OS. It is officially supported by Google. Google's claim to, to offer support for this for up to eight years, which is really good for businesses and schools. Uh, visually, it looks just like the current Framework laptop, but inside the components are a little bit different. So it is a different device. Uh, it does have an i5 processor, so it's not like some of the Chromebooks out there with like really low-end ARM. Yeah. Boards. Uh, so this one does have an Intel i5. It takes the same modules as the Intel version. So remember how you could you could change out the ports on it. So if you wanted four USB-C ports, fine. If you wanted four HDMI ports, fine. You could swap all those out and uh, and It'll drop those run ports one in. of them at a time. <laughs> That's right. So who do you see as as the market for this? Because when I think Chromebook, I think you know inexpensive machine for you know basic word processing, surfing, and stuff like that in schools, like you mentioned. Sure. Um, and and a lot of those machines are two ninety nine, something like that. This is nine ninety nine. Yeah. So yeah. who right. needs that fast of a Chromebook? What are they doing? Yep. On a Chromebook? So uh, that price point is why this model is going to fail. Okay. Uh, okay. It. You know, it, Thank you. Okay. Just making sure. Not, yeah, yeah. I'm not nuts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It is targeted to schools. The idea being, who damages their computers more than students? Oh, okay. so private. Get a really expensive. This, this is targeted to private schools. Damage. Yeah. Private schools. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's that's a real problem. Yeah. And hey, look, I can buy a new bezel. I can buy a new case. I can replace individual components. That's great. But priced at nine ninety nine, you could buy three and a half normal Chromebooks and just replace the whole thing, yeah. generate some e-waste and off you go. Sure. Um, so the price point is nuts. And Google, you know, Google had, what, what was their Chromebook called? Um, it wasn't called the Pixel or it was some variation of Pixel, whatever. They had a Chromebook that was like $1,400. Whoa. And they were their biggest customer. So internally in Google, they, they used the hell out of it. Yeah. But everybody else was like, well, why would I buy an expensive Chromebook Yeah, like I could get a MacBook. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen here. $1,000 is too much to pay for a Chromebook. Yeah. You know, um, granted, they, they can run Linux. In theory, you could format it, throw Windows on it. But still have a decent machine. But again, like a thousand dollars for a just go buy a laptop. Well, that does yeah. the framework still makes right Windows a machines. regular laptop? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Are those about the same price? Uh, I think they actually start at twelve hundred. Okay, so I'll look that up. I think they have a, a lower model as well that might be cheaper. It's but... basically the license fee. <laughs> for, yeah, for Windows. Yeah. Okay, but you know, honestly. I think at that price point, there's no way this is successful. No. Uh, the people people have gotten used to the idea that a Chromebook should be cheap. Like the Asus Chromebooks are dirt cheap and yeah. they're rock solid. Yeah, I mean, I bought one for my wife. It was like a fire sale on Amazon for like eighty nine bucks. Mm. And like you said, if the she HDMI port goes fun. out, you just get right. a new one. I just literally throw it <laughs> new <away>. computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which you're right. It generates e-waste, so maybe this is is marketed as the as the green alternative. But uh, yeah, it, it's the first foray, so maybe maybe next time out they come in with a, a more competitive price point. Uh, but we are not there yet. So it, it looks like their normal framework laptop start uh, starts at one thousand and forty nine dollars. And I'm sorry if if okay. I'm, fifty bucks. I'm just saying there might be some enterprising young people out there in their school who get issued this laptop and go so i can take these things off and sell them on ebay and say yeah. Yeah, i lost them smart. and you'll just replace it okay smart, <laughs> yeah smart, smart. that's true 
genius. You buy their own stuff back on eBay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the school's going <laughs> hey, to buy. save that thought, because we're going to talk about companies buying their stuff back on oh, eBay here in a few ooh, minutes. Nice segue. That sounds fun. <laughs> You're like, maybe that's where I got that idea from, reading this article. <laughs> Subconsciously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's move ahead and look at the register.com for our next one here. Document Foundation starts charging uh, 8.99 euro for, quote, free LibreOffice. So this is the uh, like that open search. Is this open office? Uh, so LibreOffice is based on open office. Yes. Okay. So that's free, but I could buy it also. Yes, you could. Wh- why would I do that? Well, to some people, that's an important feature, right? Like, I mean, free software is great. It's yeah. available and it's, and it's free. But it can't be good but unless you pay for it. What if you really want to pay for it, right? Well, they, <laughs> they saw that need and they're filling it. It's, uh, it's a great solution. That's just business right <laughs> why there. Why not just get money <laughs> from people that want to give you money? Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. People are dumb. They exist. Take it. Well, so what, what's going on here is uh, it, it's kind of complex, right? A lot of this stuff is long and storied. You know, you the first thing you mentioned, Peter, was open office, right? So. Mm-hmm. OpenOffice is an open source office suite, very comparable to Microsoft Office or whatever Apple calls their stuff these days. Sure. Um, you know, pages and sheets and yeah, all that garbage uh, that nobody uses. Uh, <laughs> ghetto <laughs> keynote. Somebody yeah. does. Um, the people that pay for free software. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So OpenOffice, uh, while it is free and open source, is technically under the control of Oracle. It was wrapped up in Sun Microsystems when Oracle bought Sun, and Oracle set up a a committee of people that that control it. But at the end of the day, there are some commercial interests that are behind it. And some people didn't like that. And so they forked OpenOffice to create LibreOffice and actually put it, you know, Libre in the name, which I think is Latin for free. uh, Oh, is it? Yeah, Libre, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why these are Euros, because it's Latin. Uh, maybe, maybe. Although a euro and a dollar is basically equal right now, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. And yeah. the pound, and the pound, pound has dropped. Actually, I think a euro is under the dollar at this point. Ooh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, we yeah, own yeah. Euro. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so basically, so, I could, so you're saying I could get LibreOffice now for for less than eight ninety nine US. You, right. you could. Wow. You could. Darn right. Or free. You I could, could also go that route. So you might ask yourself, why are they charging for it? And and the true answer here is that they're not actually charging for it. If you go to LibreOffice's webpage, you can download it for free just like you always have. Nothing is different there. However, they are making it available for download in the Mac App Store. Oh, it's these Mac so people again. If you're on a Mac and you go to the App Store, you can pay $8.99 to download LibreOffice. Now, a couple of caveats here. So one... It's an optional revenue stream for them. Open source projects are terribly underfunded, right? And mm-hmm. we like to think that people donate, but a lot of times they don't. And there are entire companies that leverage LibreOffice and don't pay them a dime. So here's one opportunity where they can do that. Uh, it's optional, though, because you can still go and download it for free, even on a Mac, and install it. You don't have to install it from the App Store. And in fact, you're better off not installing it from the App Store. Why because is that? If you've ever installed LibreOffice during the install, it asks you if you want to install the Java runtime environment mm. as well. The whole macro system in LibreOffice relies on Java. And in the Mac App Store, they won't let you package Java with an application like that. You can't have dependencies. And so when you install it via the Mac App Store, not only do you pay 9 bucks, but you don't get macro support. You have to go and download additional software on your own. So... The main reason they're putting it there in the first place, because you could ask, like, why would I bother, uh, is that if you're not an administrator on your Mac, 
you can still install apps from the Mac App Store. Mm-hmm. And so even a you know a student who's not an admin would be able to go to the App Store, pay nine bucks, and download LibreOffice on their machine. But I want macros because that's the best way to get viruses. Oh, uh, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Oh, you could argue it might not be the best way. It's a great way. But it's it's a great way. <laughs> a viable option. Yeah. It's also free, viruses. Yeah. But you could right away. You should start charging for them. It's just, that'd, it's that'd just so idea. interesting yeah. to me, though, this this idea. And maybe like you, we kind of joked about in the beginning that don't really hurt the, uh, you know, um, the Document Foundation to stick this up in the App Store for people that want to pay and have to go through all that. I mean, even if, like, I, I don't know too many people, honestly, even in a lot of corporate environments that aren't administrators of their local machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, unfortunately, is the kind of way it goes. So it starts to beg the question of why, again, would people do this? Yeah, this yeah. Should, should be under the makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say that the uh, the Document Foundation, the people that, yeah. that kind of run this, uh, they've done a lot of good. Yeah. And I'll give you a great example. I don't know if you guys know this about Microsoft Office files, but for many years, Word documents, Excel documents, they were in a proprietary format. Mm-hmm. And so for third-party applications to support them, technically they had to license the spec from Microsoft uh, or they had to try and reverse engineer it, which is why third-party products were so flaky for a yeah. long time. Well, in Europe, the Document Foundation worked with several of the, the governments over there, uh, and they basically said, look, Microsoft, we're not going to buy your crap anymore because it's in this proprietary format. You've got to either switch to an open standard or we're going to move to another another office suite. And Microsoft said, uh, have fun moving to another office suite. Uh, and they did. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Germany kind of led the the way on that one. They switched to, I, I think it was open office back then, or it might have been... Um, uh, the name has changed a little bit over the years, but I think it was just OpenOffice back yeah. then. Um, well, if you've used OpenOffice, it's it's what I classify as good enough. It's not like it works. Microsoft yeah. Office is pretty sweet. It's, it's functional. Know? Yeah, <laughs> but, but this is okay. Uh, but it did give a wake up call to Microsoft, and so they converted their documents into an open format. If you get an Excel, if you're ever bored, try this. You know, take an Excel document or a Word document or whatever, and just add .zip to the end. And when you do that, you can double-click on it, and it's just a zip archive. And it'll open up, and all the data is in there in straight-up XML. Hmm. And so XML that any application can parse. And so Microsoft actually uses a fully open, uh, referenceable file standard now, and it's due to the work of the Document Foundation. So I don't mind seeing them you know, generate a oh, revenue yeah, stream. Totally. Uh, but it is weird. That, it's just strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that's where we're at. We do weird stuff for... You know, no, we're very postmodern. Well, the people <laughs> the people that pay for this are the same people that that pay for Wikipedia, and, and don't yeah. just scroll past that big yeah. block uh, like, at oh, the top of everything. Oh, it's time again, honey. We got to get yeah. our Wikipedia. It's checks like the out. PBS, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, pledge drive. Yeah. You know, the Wikipedia thing. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but like Jimmy Wales is just super shady to me. Yes. And then they they do the call for donations. Like we're gonna we're gonna shut down tomorrow. We're yeah. going out of business. Yeah. But then, I, but then you look at their books, and they got a hundred million dollars in the bank. Yeah, and you know their their operating costs are, are so way one of below the that. Founders has been like on a on a tear, going. I don't know what they're doing over there, but they have lost the plot. Yeah, and I I wouldn't trust them. <laughs> so yeah, so I I, I do not. I, I use Wikipedia fairly often. Yeah. I do not donate. But do we yeah, trust their donate. facts then? If well, you won't trust you do, the people, what that you run do it? is you just kind of like use it as a giant. And even Wikipedia will tell you we are not a source of truth. <laughs> yeah. 
Like go, right. go to the sources that are right. linked. You need to go bottom. and do your own. For, take from actual. So this was this is why you paid for an Encyclopedia Britannica mm-hmm. back in the day. Always. They were experts in their field that were recognized. No, I was an Encarta guy myself. And you, right, yeah, Encarta was <laughs> good. Only Encarta. I actually really liked Encarta. Yeah, it came came with the uh, <laughs> right. with the old computer. That, that they were giving you this information because they worked in that area. They yeah. were they were people that were writing those articles. Uh, had some sort of authority uh, over those Allegedly. facts. Yeah. Right, well, that's what they were paid for. And now, you know, you got Wikipedia, which is cool. And, of course, they created the whole wiki software, which is used in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. It's really useful. But Wikipedia is not your it's not your go-to yeah. for truth. Was it, Daniel, wasn't it you and I years ago that pulled up, like, that giant list of articles that have been removed from Wikipedia? Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Like, oh, one of them totally. was— The uh, Jonky. The Jonky. That was the one that I was thinking oh, of. Oh, my goodness. Um, it was crazy. Are, are you familiar with a Jonky? No, is that like a jackalope? No, it, it's when a, a donkey and a man named John have a baby. Yeah. Are you sure you're not thinking of Urban Dictionary? <laughs> Don't forget the oh, llama no. junk, right? <laughs> Which is because— I won't get into how their breeding goes, but <laughs> like junk in the trunk. And we're we're giving you the cleaner. Like yeah, some of the are. articles that were removed were yeah, yeah. really. So it sounds like they were removed for good reason. Uh, yeah, they were. <laughs> okay. They were. But man, were they funny. <laughs> and and you hear about things like there was that one Wikipedia author who who got outed for like a. He he claimed to have multiple PhDs. Oh yeah, and it turns out he was like some kind of seventeen-year-old kid, and and they were finding these posts where he would argue with people, and he was like, "I would stake my PhD on this," <laughs> and it turns out he doesn't even have one. Well, it's easy to bet it then. <laughs> yeah, right? That makes sense. I would stake your PhD too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on now and take a look this week and see who got pwned. Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. All right, so this one comes to us from BBC.com. IHG hack, a vindictive, quote, vindictive couple deleted hotel chain data for fun. Just for funsies. And why not? I mean, if you're if you're mad at a hotel, go, hey, go a, delete their data. What's a little deleting data between Yeah, we're not apps. taking the data. Yeah. We're, just, we're just getting rid of the data. Yeah, it's like we're, Red Rover. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we're saving you on uh, storage space, right? <laughs> Doing seems, you a favor, actually. Seems like a feature. Yeah, yeah so, so what, uh, what was it that these, uh, that these folks deleted? Well, so uh, it's actually a, a whole interesting story around this, right? So there was a, a, a traveling couple from Vietnam, and, uh, and they basically said, look, we're not hackers, but we did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Literally. And- <laughs> You've been sitting on that one all day. I have. You? Is I that really why you have. picked this article? You're like, not the best hack of the week, but the <laughs> yeah. best line yeah. for sure. Well, you mentioned IHG. That's the Intercontinental uh, Intercontinental. Continent, yeah, intercontinental. That's one word. Yeah. Missile, uh, which is uh, the the group that owns Holiday Inn, uh, and so this couple stayed at a Holiday Inn, and they basically broke into the Holiday Inn network, and they were basically attempting to do a ransomware attack. So they they tricked an employee into loading malware onto a system. Sure, that was difficult. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they used that as a foothold to start spreading through Holiday Inn's network, and as they did it, they started infecting servers with ransomware, and I guess the IT department actually saw this happen and was mitigating. They were isolating servers as they would get infected. So That's actually kind of cool to think. I mean, that's some Hollywood stuff right there where, oh, we've got an attacker in the system. Okay, guys, let's come together. Yeah, and shut it down. Everybody starts like, oh, they're in the file server. You know, send your blah, blah, blah. It reminds me of the end of Hackers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So the, the the couple that did this, they've actually been very vocal, like talking to reporters and stuff. And so their quote is that uh, brilliant um, that they were originally doing ransomware, but then uh, here I'll, I'll give you their actual quote. They said. So we thought to have some funny, we did a wiper attack instead. So once they noticed that any Real server, slapper, huh? any server they infected that was getting isolated, they said, "All right, we'll just wipe the server and then move on to the next one." So they started wiping servers uh, and did quite a bit of damage. They said they were able to be so effective because once they were in, they located a company password vault, a vault that contained passwords that was shared with all 200,000 employees. Uh, the they, they don't say what the username was, but they say what the password was. <laughs> QWERTY1234. So hmm. I'm so glad we're doing this article because, <laughs> you know, so I teach hacking techniques, right? And invariably, you get somebody that's like, that password you cracked was way too easy. Yeah, it was. Well, that's not really, you totally, well, that wouldn't have not been realistic. It kind of uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's a few Here's examples. an article to prove my point. <laughs> yeah. Well, these, these sound like great people. Uh, the, quote, the quote that I love is, quote, we don't feel guilty, really. We prefer to have a legal job here in Vietnam, but the wages average $300 U.S. per month. I'm sure our hack won't hurt the company a lot. Well, that's that's the approach. Yeah, that's that's probably true, though. Yeah, but they also didn't make crap on this on this hack. They right. just wiped data. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not a fan of these people. I'm not a fan. Well, they're certainly not good people, right? So there's there's definitely that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does show hotels have it a little bit tough because it, they they have strangers yeah. in their buildings all the time, and so if they aren't properly securing their networks, they don't then the bed spreads at all ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've I've been at a hotel like in the middle of the night because I you know you'll have a flight come in at 2 a.m. or yeah, something, yeah. and you go to the hotel desk and. Nobody's at the desk, and you got to ring the bell, and you got to wait, and and yep. so it's all time you had where you could potentially be getting at their terminals. Yeah, or just it's, plugging a little uh, yeah. little USB just stick in the back, back there of with a the rubber ducky, and yeah, yeah, and get crazy, and then just go to your get room crazy. and be able to, to access it. Yeah, and start wiping yeah. servers like a jerk. Now, now you. You mentioned a rubber ducky. I feel like you should probably explain what that is. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, that's not it's what not comes like in the a bath time yeah. fun thing. This yeah. But I'll often USB go then device. to the bath and yeah. hack away. I've actually seen them like inserted into an actual rubber okay. ducky that you, yeah, yeah nice. so for fun. But that's a little device that you plug into uh, a computer, run, automatically run some scripts that, um, well, can do a lot of fun things like install C2 malware so that you can have reverse shell access to these Does that devices. give you remote access? Or is yeah, that some can. Okay. can. It just depends. You make them do whatever you like. Yeah. Um, but they come out of the box defaulted with a, a few options that are available. Keystroke logging, a couple other things. So gotcha. uh, really cool. Hack 5 makes the official rubber ducky, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. But you mm-hmm. can build your own if you like. Very cool. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a couple more articles to get to, but we're going to do that right after this here on TechNATO. Be right back. So right now, is an awesome company. We've developed a study group environment where we have small groups of four to five people in each of our office locations that meet once a week, and they, they talk together about what they're doing in their certification. We developed a recommended reading list. We do a couple chapters, each one, uh, as well as the IT Pro TV videos. Not only does our company provide incentives to take the tests, but we pay for the tests. We also pay for the time to study on the tests, and we give a bonus to the employees if they pass the test. It's one thing to study for months on end toward a goal by yourself, but to have someone else with you, like there's a lot, a lot of benefit for that. 
This is Kevin. He's studying online for a Microsoft certification and using another online IT training service. He's also on his second pot of coffee today to stay awake. And this is Kyle. He's also studying Microsoft but using IT Pro TV. Rather than watching a boring voiceover PowerPoint, he's actually enjoying the training with two hosts in an interactive format. Both Kevin and Kyle have access to virtual labs and practice tests, but Kyle can also get help through a live chat with other IT Pro TV members and his instructors, as well as post to a Q&A forum. He can even search for exactly what he's looking for in the interactive video transcripts, all while paying less than Kevin. Oh, and Kyle can also watch in comfort via Roku app. Kevin and Kyle are both learning IT. But Kyle is enjoying the journey. Want to be more like Kyle? Here the plans to start your IT Pro TV membership today. All right, welcome back to TechNado as we take a look at Vigo the Carpathian there. Uh, <laughs> what century was he from soul. again? He was from. Uh, uh, I don't know. But he was a he was a jerk, if I recall. Yeah. From yeah. we yeah. were just saying, Ghostbusters two, the Ghostbusters two, the River of Slime, and all that good stuff. You know, fun fact: he was shot, hung, stabbed, disemboweled, stretched, drawn, and quartered. Right. Yep. Yes. And do you know what he said just before his head died? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what was Time it? Time is illusion. Yeah. Death is but a doorway. I'll, I'll be, be back. back. There we go. There you knew that, uh, Peter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, well, that all sounds familiar. I we'll do Back it. to the Future quotes next Please. week. Please. Yes. That would be fantastic. Mayor Goldie Wilson. Yeah. All right. Everybody everywhere is going to say Clint Eastwood is the biggest yellow belly in the West. That's my favorite line for the movie. All right. Anyway, Let's, stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a look at our next article, which is from our Doe segment. All right, this one comes to us from the New York Times, nytimes.com, and I'm actually able to see the article, which is shocking to me. Uh, Morgan Stanley hard drives with client data turn up on auction sites. So I think this is what Don teased earlier about companies buying their own crap back. So does that mean that they had to go and win these auctions to get this data? Well, it, it's, it's a little dumber than that, actually. So a... Uh uh, they, they don't necessarily say a security researcher, but a IT guy of some sort uh, bought a used laptop on eBay and, or sorry, a unnamed online auction service, <laughs> totally eBay, um, bought a laptop on eBay and Silk Road. <laughs> was surprised to find that it was, uh, you know, had, had Windows installed on it and it already had a password and, and was, was, theirs. <laughs> was set up for a company account. And he was able to identify that it was set up for Morgan Stanley, and which Himself. is a, if you're not familiar with them, that is a... Uh, a banks, brokerage, brokerage yeah. yeah, a huge financial company here in the United States. Uh, I'm sure they, they have operations throughout the world, but definitely yeah, big here in the U.S. They're taking money from people worldwide, I'm sure. And so there was company data on this laptop, and I, I don't know that he was able to necessarily access the data, but Daniel, I mean, if I gave you a a locked company laptop, you'd have ways to, to finagle yeah, that, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, you start booting things up to... Different drives and different OSs and, you know, those, those fun little things there. And you start pilfering around. Hopefully, this had, like, some sort of encryption on the drive because that makes that kind of stuff a whole lot more well, difficult. Well, so we know, like, that a lot of times, even when you delete things, they're still there until they're overwritten. Correct. Is that the case here, or are they just not even deleted well, everything? So, again, like, encryption would, would protect that as well. Yeah. Because even the empty space gets encrypted. So as you delete things, it's still all... Uh, uh, you know, encrypted with a cipher and protected and all that. But either way, the challenge here is that Morgan Stanley data was on the laptop. 
and the laptop has now left their possession. And so this person could hold it for 10 years until that encryption cipher is broken or <laughs> processor power is advanced. Now they can get at the data. Morgan Stanley no longer has control over it. And that's a violation of a, a number of different uh, regulatory compliance laws that apply to uh, uh, publicly traded organizations like them. I'm sure now, there's like a you know $300 fine. <laughs> is this illegal for the for the researcher or no? Because they bought this. So the the, the researcher is, is totally legal. Yeah, totally, right. yeah. Because they didn't use any like if they'd have stolen the laptop. Sure. Obviously, yep. they'd be on the hook for theft. But since yeah. they just bought it. But once they and sold sell the data that they found, it's yeah. Would it's it debatable be, at right. that point. Yeah. Right, because if I sold the laptop, technically I'm selling the data too. Yep. Right. So that would be a weird. But legal that's like issue. that to me is almost like a pawn shop selling a stolen item. Like, it, which because if it, if a pawn shop sells a stolen do. item, they they have, no they do. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So in this case, I feel like if if the data I found were social security numbers right. and stuff, and then I go and sell that, I didn't have the right to buy that in the first place, do I? I don't know. I don't well, know. so the way this happened is that Morgan Stanley had thousands of devices to dispose of and just straight up hard drives, uh, and they leveraged a, a third-party company that was not vested, uh, did not have experience in data destruction. Mm-hmm. And so you know, basically, uh, the, the article describes them as a moving company. And so they, they basically hired a moving company to destroy this equipment. Well, the moving company took the equipment and sold it to a third party, and the third party sold it on eBay to randos all over the world, uh, including the, the the researcher who found this. Well, the person who bought the laptop reported it to Morgan Stanley and said, hey, I just bought a laptop. It's got your data on it. And so that's how Morgan Stanley found out. And they then proceeded to go on eBay and try and buy their equipment mm-hmm. back. Now, they ended up buying a handful of laptops and hard drives, but... They they were not able to get even uh, like yeah. not even ten percent. God uh, knows how many are like going throughout the world. And I'm sure it'll, most of the people that bought those things they don't care about that stuff. They're yep. just wanting no a laptop. Yeah, or yeah. they needed a hard drive, so they got one. So you know, it's funny. Like I don't even know why they went through the effort of trying to buy the stuff back. Like it's right. <laughs> it's already, it's already out there. there. <laughs> um, but they they did get a fine, which was not fifty bucks. It was thirty five million dollar penalty. Whoa, okay, uh, so assessed it's, it's them fifty bucks to them. Yeah, it, well, that's yeah. probably true. Isn't like, it? all right, boys, what do you got on you? Yeah. I only got sixty hundred. Yeah, go, go grab the petty cash box. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you break a hundred million dollar yeah. bill? I'm sorry, I guess. That's all I keep on me. But. The other thing, though, that they don't say in the article, and I, I want to read the SEC filing when they publish it. It hasn't been published yet. Uh, is That'll be a page turner. Sometimes they assess other penalties where they say, like, you got to pay a $35 million fine, and you've got to update your security policies, and you have to pay for us to audit you once a year for the next 10 years. And you got to do Hawaiian shirt day every Friday. <laughs> there you go. And and so that kind of stuff, though, like if you have to pay for the SEC to audit you every year for the next 10 years, that adds up. Yep. Uh, but it's also a burden on their team. They've got to make sure that they actually do what they were supposed to do. Do we know how much Morgan Stanley is worth? Probably a lot. Uh, <laughs> Probably I'm, a lot. I'm sure this is not a big deal. Uh, what would we search for there? Like, that would be their uh, valuation, I yeah. guess, or their market cap or – uh, <laughs> sorry. This is their stock their price. Stock but they were seventy nine dollars and thirty five cents. Yeah. Not bad. I can own. I can own it right yeah. now. I don't know. That doesn't tell me their valuation uh, though. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, they're they're worth a, a lot. I'm oh, sure. I'm sure. I'll, I'll see if I can. And I'm sure thirty five million dollars is not that big to them. But 
it's uh, it's a penalty nonetheless, and so they'll have to overcome it. But it, it does show how even your rank and file IT people have a chance to really destroy your company's credibility. Thirty-six point two one billion dollars. Yeah, they're number billion sixty-seven dollars. on the Fortune five hundred. Yeah, so they got a couple of bucks. Yeah, so it's a small fine for yeah, them. Yeah. For them. Yeah. For what's a pretty a pretty egregious and yet easily avoidable yeah. breach of security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they they make them have to do something humiliating. Well, do they? <laughs> <laughs> But do they have a case against the the moving company if they hired them to destroy items and they were not destroyed? Likely, yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I would think you would have a thirty six million dollar lawsuit. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I cover some legal fees. What there. good does it go after if somebody doesn't have thirty six million dollars? That's though, true. You know what I mean? Well, they probably paid them that much. Now, if this was Iron Mountain or something, <laughs> to they totally dropped the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. But makes you think twice about it. You know. You got to get some kind of assurance when you yeah. when you do a service like that. Hey, show me the pieces of laptop afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Now I want proof of death. <laughs> yeah. Now, if that company did misrepresent it, right? If yeah. they said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna put this under lock and key. We're gonna do secure shredding." Yeah, if right. the company falsely presented all that um, and provided forged paperwork to show they were bonded and insured and all that, then that's, that's criminal at that point. Yeah, right. And Morgan fraud. Stanley could say, "This isn't our fault. They said they could do all this stuff." But you know, there's a lot of companies where they will record the serial numbers of all the equipment before they dispose it. I mean, heck, we do that, and, and we're small compared to Why that. is that? So that if it does show up, you can see that yeah, that's the same Yeah, if you get a laptop event. stolen, how do how do pawn shops know if a laptop is stolen? Right, so I mean, They're always questioning me. I mean, uh, <laughs> criminals. <laughs> so, uh, and, and if you get your laptops destroyed or whatever, it, it's not too much to ask for video evidence. Can you you know yeah. send me a recording of you destroying these drives? Most most of the companies that do this stuff will provide that for you. I think the smartest thing to do is just give the laptops to one of our salespeople, and they'll destroy it pretty quickly. They, they, they will do that. Now, I I want to buy one of those industrial shredders. I they looked for one earlier cool. this year. Are those yeah. things that will actually take hardware in? Oh, yeah. Dude, oh, I've yeah. seen them put, like, refrigerators in them. Wow. And it just turns it into <sighs> confetti, metal oh, we need confetti. One of that's... So I, I Who's going to lose one. their hand first? <laughs> I found one big enough for computer components. It was designed for yeah. hard drives. Uh, it was $4,500. Right, it's worth it. I, well, you know, we could make a YouTube I mean, channel. Factors. We could put that stuff on YouTube. Remember the Will It Blend? It, yes. Right? Yeah. But and, Will It Shred? And that's what I was thinking. Like, It's not an impulse buy, but... What can we shred, and would people watch that? Yeah, like, I would. Can yeah. I justify five thousand dollars? All day. I don't think we need this office chair anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn it! Shove it in like, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name fun. in Fargo? Steve <laughs> 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 I, I didn't know it was a Coen Brothers uh, yeah. film. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, then we got to start watching the the logs of who's coming in late at night to dispose of bodies. <laughs> yeah, in What's the good industrial shredder. shredder. <laughs> what stinks in the shredder? Yeah, yeah um, Jason over in IT, he had come over to me because we we needed a shredder for um, for compliance, but yeah. we had sensitive documents that had to be destroyed before the government found them. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, if I'm going to buy a shredder, I'm going all out. That's right. And that's how I came across it. That's right. I'm, I'll chip yeah. in. Anytime, I'm in. Yeah, listen, I'm willing. We should do a uh, Technado bake sale <laughs> yeah, to raise right. the funds. To buy an industrial dinner. shredder, and then every week we determine what do we put in the industrial shredder this yeah, week. Yeah. Right in, you submit. Yeah, send us send us crap. Uh, don't send. Can don't you please do shred this for me. Don't I want to see it things. shredded. Yeah, yeah. Send us don your mama jokes like on a refrigerator, and we'll put the refrigerator in there. We would, right up until that, that would be more than forty five hundred dollars shredder. That's true for the refrigerator one. Right up until Daniel sends us a hard drive with like thermite inside it. Oh, Daniel. <laughs> I mean, as long as you don't light it, you're good. Yeah, you gotta wear eye protection. <laughs> would it? Would it not ignite uh, 
I guess no, it, so like to light thermite, you need a pretty good heat source. So like a spark or something. Yeah. Do so it. a lot of things. I think most people use like magnesium mm. to light it up. That's like like C four or something that's not really like that is super stable Unless until it's, you yeah. Give it a charge. Yeah. Don't they cook on that? So there's like, a, in the arm? there was a guy. <laughs> so, Seriously, you can, you can you, you can say that burn it right. Uh, it was a um, one of the agents at Farm Bureau. One day we just got to talking. He was ex uh, Special Forces Green Beret, and he was talking about how he worked in the Philippines a lot and how they had. He said one of the funnest things they, we ever did was we found this big turtle and we were hungry. Oh no! Right, so we killed the turtle. <laughs> so we we hollowed his back out Mm-mm. like the, the shell, and we put C four in it and just lit it on fire, and it cooked the turtle within the shell. Huh. I was like, that is interesting. <laughs> so you can burn C four. Apparently, you can burn C four. Huh. I almost feel like that might be the worst story that's ever been <laughs> told on this. And we had that one when Chris Ward was on and talked about like somebody dying when a surfer exploded or or a battery exploded. I believe that's worse. I don't know, but this... It's, this a turtle terrible. versus a person. Is, I don't know. That's an easy yeah, win there, Peter. Yeah. This is, that's a bad thing. People do eat people, animals. Yeah. That does happen. We don't happen. put people yeah, in people prison eat people. for eating I've seen turtles. That. Yeah, we like do the, put you in prison for doing that. That's true. The Beyond Meat guy, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we don't know if he was just hungry or what. Peter's All right. not a turtle activist. <laughs> <page. laughs> yeah, Peter is calling. Uh, yeah. Hey, that might in- increase our viewership. That's though, true. If that's we true. get on there. What are you going to do with a turtle on this show? All right, I did find we do have an intro for this next segment that I didn't think we did, so... So let's go ahead and roll this last article of the day. That makes no sense. I don't know which way I'm facing yeah. in this new room. It's over here. Uh, all right, so this one comes to us from CNN. Uh, the DOT, the Department of Transportation here in the U.S., to map out nation's time zones after report shows no official map exists. <laughs> so so no one knew where the time zones were, which is craziness. Because you think of... <laughs> and I thought... At first, I was like, why is this a Technado story? But then I thought about all the, the technology implications. I mean, think of like Y2K. Like, times make a difference about where where stuff yeah, is. Yeah. But my phone knows when I cross a line, and pretty darn accurately. But I guess there's spots in the country where... No one knows what time it is. You know, it's really, really interesting. So time zones have obviously been in the news a good bit, especially with daylight savings time. We're coming up on November where we fall back an hour, Mm -hmm. right? So daylight savings time ends. And the Senate here in the the U.S. Daylight saving time. You only get one saving? That's what it's called. But we do it every year. So we're talking about plural. It's daylight's saving. Don, Don would be happy to tell me that it's not sonnet. It's is that, sonnet. Is that like Ruth's right? Christ and stuff like that? So anytime I get a chance to go, yeah, Don yeah. will take it. Hey, what do I know? <laughs> uh, but fortunately, I won't have to know much longer because the Senate had uh, had passed a, a bill or act or whatever it is whatever that they, they do, do. Yeah. Uh, to say that we're going to discontinue daylight saving time. I said it singular. I Thank you, that. Daniel. Mm-hmm, and uh, and so you know that passed. That passed earlier in the year. Well. In the United States, we have to do things twice so that we spend enough money. And the Senate did uh, ratify that, but the House has not. In fact, the House has not lifted finger one really? on moving that forward. Most people so, hate it too, right? Like yeah, the whole oh yeah, moving yeah. the clock. That doesn't and, sound like the House, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not even in committee. It has literally <laughs> gone nowhere. It, absolutely no action has been taken in the House. Them, like, looked at what? Marjorie Taylor Green thinks Jewish space lasers. Uh, she's on, she's yeah. on no committee, so you don't have to worry about it. 
Yeah, yeah. So the the Senate passed it unanimously, like 100 to nothing. Which is also said, crazy. It is. <laughs> the Senate did anything unanimously. So here's this bipartisan thing that the House can't be bothered to even look at. So what, long story short, yeah. daylight saving time is not, hard not to say the yes, <laughs> it really uh, is. is not ending anytime soon. So it's going to stick around. But individual cities, counties, states, they can choose whether or not they want to follow daylight saving time. And apparently, even today, they can just choose whatever time zone they're in because no one ever bothered to make an official map of time zones in the United States. And I complain about time zones a lot, and mainly because of Linux. In in Linux, when you pick a time zone, you don't get to say, like, oh, I'm in Eastern or Central... You have to pick a stupid city yeah, that's in the that's same annoying. time zone. Well, time zones are big. Right. And I, you know, maybe I get lucky and I'm like, all right, well, New York. New York is Eastern in Eastern time. time zone. I'll pick it. But if I'm in mountain time, I guess I'm looking for Denver, right? Uh, it is in the mountains. And But you have to be careful in mountain time because then you have like New Mexico that doesn't do daylight saving time. That's true. Uh, so a whole like, mess there. I think all of Arizona too, right? They. Don't they? Or the is it? Well, maybe uh, I have a background. Yeah, Arizona maybe it doesn't. Arizona doesn't do of that or Columbus Day. Yeah, of of the same time. <laughs> yeah, or Columbus, or Columbus Day. Day. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, or MLK. Then there's a random, MLK, yeah. but there's also random cities like in the Midwest that they're like, nope, we don't do that. Not doing it. Yeah. You can't make me. Yeah. Oh, it was Charles Barkley, <laughs> right? When he went to he Arizona. You can take my watch out of my cold, dead hand. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, so anyhow, I, I've always been frustrated by time zones and how they're managed inside of, of As you should. other systems other than, like, you know, Microsoft and Apple, they show you a map and you click on the map. Yeah. That's where I am. Uh, but in Linux, you have to pick a city. Well, now I maybe have a little bit more of an understanding of that since, really, if there is no well-defined map. So now they're actually going through and trying to make a map, which is, I'm sure, going to cost billions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to bankrupt the government and make a map for time zone. D- depending on who makes it to, it's going to be all gerrymandered. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> this one little district. Plus, you know what's going to happen, right? It's going to, okay, we're going to do this. You know, the government, they are amazing at getting stuff they're done quick. efficiently, effectively, and under budget. So it'll be 17 years before this thing actually gets like done. If and look at this little part of six trillion dollars. What is this, Kansas? Look at this. Look at this tiny little sliver. Oh, they're just going to stick out. We're just going to cut a little part of uh, yeah. Colorado in and be like, no, That's we're with them. Roll. Yeah, we're with it. We're, we're with those out. guys. That doesn't even look like a river. <laughs> And Florida's so confusing. We've got this just this little chunk over there in yeah. the Pensacola Dude, area. We they, they get screwed up. Farm Bureau. That would be so annoying because yeah. you go to call one of the county offices that were in the Panhandle. No, they're closed. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. they're still stinking closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, losers. <laughs> Man, that that is nuts. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm a sovereign citizen, and for me, it's always 11 minutes later than whatever time zone I'm. I make my allegedly own time, in. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You, yeah, I so, did show up on time. You, just, yeah, you were closed. Yeah. I'll care about your time zones when I start caring about your tax law. That's right. Yeah, your your uh, your discussion of. Uh, uh, daylight savings or saving time reminded me of a a clickhole article I saw recently that was uh, uh, Ruth Chris Ruth's Chris Steakhouse is going ape shit on Twitter, threatening to make their name even more confusing if people don't shut the f up about it. <laughs> and they, they they're like, why don't we do our, our make our name the uh, Ruth is Chris Steakhouse or Chris's Ruth is Steak is House <laughs> or the Ruth's Chris Farley Steak Salon? And it goes. <laughs> I really hope they do. Clickhole is so. <laughs> Um, but that'd be great. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Anyways. I think you have an S on that one, right? Oh, any, anyways. <laughs> Get it right. 
uh, we want to let you know about a couple of webinars coming up. We have uh, Be Cyber Secure with Ben Fink, and that is Monday, October 3rd. Monday is not a normal time we do webinars. What so a weird thing. Yeah, we're bringing Ben over. And so is this different than uh, the ones where it's just a, Q&A? A touch. Is there a little this bit is, of presentation uh, so Ben first? will be in office. Right. He'll be in studio. Crazy. Where typically we have our guests coming in, you know, through virtualization. Uh, and so it'll be fun. We had a chance to get him here. That was the best time we had that he could actually Perfect. be in person. So we thought, you know what, we'll get old Ben in a chair and we'll sit back, we kind of do it between two ferns kind of thing. So is this like just Q and A with with the with the crowd, or is there a presentation? Um, so? I'm I'm sure we'll have something, but it's mostly just me and him kind of chewing the fat about a specific topic there. Cool. You know, so. uh, but then we'll get back to our uh, kind of usual scheduled programming Huge. of the all things cybersecurity, and that is with Tim Medin Medin and and he will be coming in as a hologram, yes. like. Yeah. He'll be like the uh, galactic, uh, or like, uh, what's his name? Uh, DMX. Yeah. Palpatine. That, like, yeah. Listen, <laughs> That'll be a, secure your devices. He'll be a deep fake that I'm running from the back. I'm saying stupid yeah, crap. It's actually a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. I'll be. No, it'll be like the Tupac hologram, oh, right? Yeah. With yeah. the Pepper's ghost effect. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. Right? Let's do yeah, that. That's cool. That one's Thursday, October 20th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And for both of these and, and all of the IT Pro TV webinars, you can head over to itpro.tv slash webinars and register for those to check them out. There's the link. God, I can't point the right way on do this it. thing. It'll it's over here. It's over here. And also, while you're on that internet, head over to technado.com or technado, uh, depending on if if you're in the Dominican or not, and you can uh, see our, our swag, you can meet our hosts and the, and the team involved here, uh, you can contact us and let us know what you'd like to see us shred in an industrial shredder, <laughs> uh, or who, who on the team you would like to see go in there first. Uh, and you can also click the big orange button in the corner that says sponsored by IT Pro TV, and you get a coupon code for 30% off of your personal membership to IT Pro TV. You can also request a team trial and, uh, and get a demo of all the great features available to teams from IT Pro TV as well. So check that out, technator.com, and uh, and see all that great stuff. Well, what do you guys think of the new studio? I, I like it. Oh, it, it's amazing in here. This is the best. Yeah. No doubt. It's a lot more comfortable than the other it studio, is. that's yeah, for way. sure. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And, and you know, on a side note, mm -hmm. if you are watching this live on Thursday, September 29th, uh, you may be aware that Technado is actually in the path of Hurricane Ian, Right, mm -hmm. uh, which we film out of Gainesville, Florida. So we are totally safe. Don't worry about us. Yeah. Uh, and I think safe? it's because that, yeah. that we're safe. That Thursday at it's eight p.m. right on top of us. Right yeah, but it, us. but it's a tropical storm at that point. Yeah. So if this, we, if this yeah. thing cat five steen hatchy, we're still pretty good. Yeah, yeah but a, yeah. a tree could still fall on us at any yeah. point. So don't uh, don't worry about us. We'll be back next week, unless you were hoping we wouldn't be back yeah. next week. But in which fun case, fact though, I kind of told Don that the third episode of Technado. Don and I did I that. that episode, and it was all about like last-minute preparation yeah. for yeah. disasters. Yeah, of, like why, a hurricane coming. Why not to put your server farm in Miami? It was, it was <laughs> September the sixth, twenty seventeen. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy, right? Man, well, uh, Technado still could be taken out by a tornado no, no, that has spun off uh, from the storm. So, uh, fingers crossed uh, <laughs> out there if that's what you're looking forward to. Yeah. But if not, we'll see you next week uh, if we make it through this one. Uh, so, <laughs> hopefully, we'll see you then on Technado. Uh, see you next time.